Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to this latest edition of Calls to the Wall here on KTSW Sports. We are so happy to be back in the studio after a very long spring break. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me is my wonderful co-host, Paxton Graff, and we have a crazy lineup for you guys. We'll be digging into some baseball, softball for both Texas State, also nationally in the World Baseball Classic, also March Madness upsets. And if we have time, a little bit of NBA talk and possible free NFL free agency. But before we even get start, started, Paxton, I got to ask you, man, I know it's been a week since uh, since I've seen you. How was uh, how was your spring break? Yeah, it was good. It was a much needed break. I don't really you know, want to be back in school this week <laughs> because of it. But it was a great break. You know, had a had a birthday over the break, which was really fun. And, um, you know, it didn't do a whole lot, but that's what breaks are for, which is just nice, relaxing. And that's what I did. And it was much needed. And I'm glad that we finally had it. Uh, Now only five more weeks left of school, I believe. Roughly, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my spring break was great. Got to, you know, be in Houston. I've never been in Houston ever in my life. So, I mean, it was the first time. Mm. Got, Got to go to the House of Blues. And stuff down there got to visit the toyota center unfortunately couldn't go to the aquarium like i promised because it was just packed Darn. and it was spring break and everybody just decided hey one day let's go to the aquarium but the line was like super duper long and we were just like nah we ain't gonna just wait that long that's gonna be a little too much but other than that i had an amazing time down there but we are back but i am back now in session so yeah. well uh real quick how was the house of blues oh it was fun we went to uh the i party one-on-one with Matt Bennett and stuff, the bushy hair guy from Victorious, and he was playing nothing but, like, throwback songs and from Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. It was really, it was an amazing time. It was literally yeah. the one time where you can just go there and just be your kid, like, be your kid self again, right. your teenage self. And it was, it was so much fun. Me and my girlfriend had, like, an amazing time. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm so glad that that was worth the wait. Not gonna well, lie. I will say there is an even better House of Blues in Dallas, Texas, uh, way better than the one in Houston, Texas. But, you know, that's not biasy. That's just facts. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that you had a, a great uh, spring break. Yeah, absolutely. But none feels better than me be, me being back here in the studio. So we're going to go ahead and kick this off right with Texas State baseball as they played a very long week of, while we were away for spring break. I know some, certain people were here during spring break calling baseball games. But Texas State baseball took on the TCU Horn Frogs, the at the time the number 11th ranked team in the country as they got a big win against them with a final score of 8 to 4 and then opening then they opened up their conference their first ever conference series against Southern uh, number 25th ranked team Southern Miss and they won the series 2 to 1. They lost the first game on Friday with the final score of 4 to 2. They won the next game 3 to 2 and then they won the final game of that series, eight to five. So they officially go two and one in their first conference series matchup. And then earlier on during the week, during this week, uh, at the time of this recording, yesterday and this past Tuesday, 
Bobcats took a big win against Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders with a final score of 7-5. And then as of yesterday, the final score, and as of yesterday, they played Houston Christian University, the Huskies, as they took a big win with a final score of 13 to seven and i know we've been to, i know we've been talking about this baseball baseball team a lot how you know last year obviously we all know the story last year but this year it's almost like when they get hot they will get hot and honestly we we are currently seeing that currently right now with this team obviously you know with the huge wins that they got against southern miss and tcu during the uh during the break and then obviously uh north dakota state uh jack uh bison as they swept that series and then obviously going uh and then obviously beating texas day and corpus christi tuesday and then uh beating houston christian yesterday so this team is red hot and i have to big make a big shout out to chase mora that dude he's only a freshman and he's doing really big things for this bobcat team for this bobcat team coming in clutch situations you gotta also bring up jose gonzalez who has been a force at the plate at the plate for this Texas Day Bobcat team, but I mean, under, overall, this Bobcat team is very well, very soundly well performed. Especially with Coach Stephen Child telling his guys, like, "Hey, we got to make sure we don't really worry about the home runs." Because honestly, that was kind of the big story last year with this Bobcat baseball team is that there was so much powerhouse last team that just balls were just flying out of the stadium last year because the big powerhouses that they had last year. But I think this year, Coach Stroud mainly wants to focus on just getting the ball in play. If you hit a home run, you hit a home run. That's great. And, you know, all well and good. But if you get, you know, start getting, the you know, the balls on the ground and stuff, game pass the third baseline, first baseline, down, up the middle. I mean, that's when, that's when you really start getting momentum. And I think that's the recipe you would want for the Bobcat, for any baseball ball club. So, I mean, this is going to be – I think that's what – coach trout wants out of this program and the one thing i want to note is that uh their pitching their bullpen has been kind of really the story of this season you know i know we've been talking about zeke wood and levi wells the two main stars on this team which currently levi wells is actually leading this bobcat team in era uh, era of 114 on the year so honestly he's only given up one earned run really all year that's really impressive and then obviously you know we're, we talk about zeke wood the returning uh the returning uh senior this year and stuff so i mean we there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in this bobcat roster and honestly if they can keep the momentum that they have they honestly will be fine but their upcoming game their next series sunbelt conference series will be against coastal carolina and they will actually be carolina be in carolina so we won't be able to put on that game but you can catch that game on ESPN, uh, ESPN Plus, they'll play tomorrow. At the time of this recording, they'll play tomorrow at 5 o'clock, and then they'll play Saturday at 1, and then Sunday, the finale, at 11 a.m. But now we're going to take a transition into Texas State softball as they had a dominant game against UTSA yesterday. But before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and kind of recap what happened during spring break. As they took, as they finished up that Bevo Classic, they took on another Big Twelve, t- big time Big Twelve team in the Texas uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders. As they fell short both of their games uh, on Tuesday, with the final score of three to four in the fir- first game, and then three to two in the second one. And then they opened up their first conference series against the Troy Trojans, and unfortunately, that t- unfortunately they came up short with that, with the final score of seven to six. And then another loss on Saturday, six to three. 
and then the last game actually ended in a tie with the final with the final score of two to two. So obviously not the way you would really want to start conference play. Obviously going zero and two and one in conference. I know that tie really kind of just. I mean a tie. I mean, excuse me, a tie is not bad, but I know that's not what Coach Ricky Wood would want. Uh, but they rebounded very heavily back this past week. This Wednesday. This past Wednesday. They played the UTSA Roadrunners and absolutely dismantled them with a final score of 15-0, to zero, only going five innings as the run rule was in play. So the Roadrunners did not get anything on the board. Marina Estelle was the losing pitcher. Jessica Mullins, with another impressive pitching performance, pitched in a really great game. Sarah Vanderford homered twice in the game. Homered twice in the game. Cameron Bass also had a home run as well. I mean, Sarah Vanderford just just keeps playing at her true potential. She homered back in the first inning and then homered in the in the second inning. So my guess is they batted around in the first and second in the second inning, which is is, is insane because that normally just never happens. And then and then she just had a sink and then she had an RBI single uh, in the fourth inning. So I mean. This Bobcat, this softball team is really starting to get hot. Vanford, I believe, is is leading in home runs now with with those two long balls that she has. But I mean, we talk about this Bobcat softball team and how consistent they've been and how everything that is you know coming alive with this team. Because I know last year we talked about them being up and down in in their season as well. But they got really hot last year and they made their Sun Belt Conference uh, title run and stuff. It unfortunately came short. But I mean, this team. I think is really clicking on all cylinders. Hannah Earls, Sierra Trahan, Piper Randolph, currently the top three in batting average right now for uh, for the Bobcats. And then obviously uh, pretty much the same thing for team leading hits, but Sarah Vanderford leading in home runs. So I was correct with five home runs on the year. So she's really been the main powerhouse of this Bobcat team and also leading in RBIs and Hannah Earls leading in stolen bases as well on the year. So I mean, this 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 is a really well-rounded pitch, uh, batting lineup for the Bobcats, and also, you know, got to mention Jessica Mullins, who's only ha- who has a one five nine ERA on the year. Right behind her is Carson Pierce with two two four, and then Tori McCann with two eight two. So, I mean, honestly, that's not a bad that's not a bad statistic to have for your pitching lineup because they're basically only giving up at least one to two runs a game. And honestly, in softball or baseball, that's not bad at all because I know. People say like uh, like at least three point five or three five is like the Mendoza line for for ERA because I know giving up three runs in a game I mean that's that's okay but I think that's not really where you want to be I think only t- you know giving up a run or two is really where you want to be as a pitcher so I think that's that's a big deal and I know we talked about this pitching staff a lot last uh, you know last year about how the you know inconsistency there has been but i mean jessica mullins being absolutely dominant this season so far already has 88 strikeouts on the air so she's close to 100 strikeouts she'll probably get it maybe in the next next few games if possible so i mean we're we're in for a real real treat on the on the year but their next game this coming week will, will be this weekend as they will take on the South Alabama Jaguars, who is also currently 13 and actually 20 and 9 on the year. So they are actually sitting third currently in the Sunbelt in the Sunbelt Conference currently, alongside with Marshall, who's currently first in conference 
and Louisiana, who is second in conference. And currently, Texas State is sitting ninth in conference currently right now. So, I mean, this is the time where you really need to make a big run and stuff. So, but the next, yes. Yeah, so, the next weekend series will be against South Alabama. To, uh, officially, at the time of this recording, it will be tomorrow. I will be on the call at 6 p.m. with our very own Joy Gonzalez. And then Saturday, they will play at 4 p.m. I will also be on the call with our very own David Castaneda. And then the final weekend matchup will be at 12 p.m. will be Joey Gonzalez on the call for that. So Texas State versus South Alabama in the weekend series. But that is going to be all for local news. So we're going to take a go ahead and take a transition into national sports. And we're going to start off. For those of you who are big baseball fans here, we just witnessed an unbelievable game in the World Baseball Classic finale against, uh, uh, it was US, U, uh, USA, the Team USA versus T Team Japan. Final score was Japan 3, USA 2. I mean, it was an unbelievable battle between two two great teams. Japan has always been well-known in the World Baseball Classic, so is USA. I know USA has won a couple times, so is Japan. And I know there's been a lot of great legacy players who have played for both of these teams. But, I mean, it was just an unbelievable matchup. And what better fitting than to have two, 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 play, two players go against each other in the final out of the game with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Two teammates, both of them played for the uh, Los Angeles Angels, and both of them were battling out in the, in the, in the final stretch. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a awkward season for them a <laughs> uh, little little bit of uh talking in the locker room about that scenario but i mean what a picturesque poetry uh most or poet poet ending i should say about that game i mean what a phenomenal game i don't watch baseball i i only care for baseball uh whenever it comes crunch time so playoffs or you got to win to go to playoffs type deal um so i watched this game because of that because I, I tuned in top the eighth, I believe, and U.S. was down 3-1, um, and I forget his name. Uh, he hit a homer. Uh, oh. oh, what is his name now? Hold on. I got you. Uh, but he hit a homer, and that gave uh, it what seemed like all the momentum to the U.S. side because they mm -hmm. went and pitched a perfect inning practically uh, in the bottom of the eighth. And uh, in the top of the ninth, I mean, uh, what a way you had quite possibly the best batter in, uh, without a doubt, the the U.S., but oh, 100%. quite possibly the world oh, yeah. versus quite possibly the best pitcher in the world. Uh, and it was perfect, but it kind of just shows you pitchers have a little bit of an edge over them because Mike Trout, he looked comfortable, but he did not make contact on any no. of those hits no. at all. He didn't make contact one bit. And so that just shows you how important it is to invest in a great pitcher, yeah. uh, which leads me to a, a separate deal that we weren't going to talk about. Kind of curious to see how that pans out for the Rangers this, this year. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how that will pan out for them in uh, this upcoming season because they finally have their pitcher. That's been our struggle for the past few years, at least, uh, is our pitching struggles. And we finally had that great all-star caliber uh, pitcher starting it. Finally. Yes, finally. <laughs> so it was Trey Turner hitting a homer, Trey. solo homer, and then it was uh, Kyle Schwarber also Kyle hitting, Schwarber. That's uh, right. in a, hitting a solo homer as well. So, I mean, but, I mean, 
and like I said before, we've had there have been amazing, amazing, great players who have played for Team USA, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Mexico, uh, Cuba, you know, Japan. We, I mean, there's been there's been outstanding, out, amazing players who have played for you know great national national teams in the World Baseball Classic, and clearly it just showed it here in the finale. So yes, yeah, so Japan officially beats USA three to two in the World Baseball Classic. But now we are going to take a transition. It is that time of the year where we fill out brackets and we either make or we break. That's right. It is March Madness season. And let me just say we have had some crazy, crazy, crazy upsets in these past uh, in these past two weeks as March Madness officially got underway. My bracket, unfortunately, got busted in the first game. That was Maryland versus West Virginia. I picked West Virginia, and Maryland won by two points. So my bracket officially busted the first game. I'm pretty sure everybody else's bracket got busted after uh, after Purdue lost. So, but I want to kind of hear your your upsets because what do you think was the biggest upset of of the tournament? Well, this is the unofficial Paxton upset alert uh, deal for March Madness. These are the upsets that I've had so far in the first, what would it be, two two rounds? Yeah, yeah two rounds. First yeah. two rounds of the tournament. Uh, Furman beating uh, Virginia, that was the biggest upset or the first biggest upset uh, to start off the tournament. Uh, final score, 68 to 67. Princeton yeah. beat yeah. Arizona, the two-seed Arizona Wildcats in the first round, 59 to 55. And then they went on to beat Missouri, the Missouri Tigers in the big SEC, 78 to 63. It wasn't even a close contest. Princeton, Ivy League, and I saw a video on TikTok. They're not even celebrating. They're just they're just <laughs> studying over there. They're not even celebrating, even though their team just made it to their first ever Sweet 16 appearance. Uh Pittsburgh beat Iowa State 59 to 41. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, they held Iowa State to the lowest mm -hmm. points allowed in a NCAA game or NCAA tournament game in history. Mm -hmm. uh, the big one, uh, Farley Dixon uh, defeated Purdue 63 to 58. Arkansas beat number one seed Kansas 72 to 71. And then finally, Michigan State beat Shaka Smart and Marquette 69 to 60. Those are really the biggest upsets so far. There's a couple of like uh, nine seeds beating eight seeds mm -hmm. or uh, five seeds beating four seeds type deal. But those are the biggest upsets so far. And what an entertaining uh, bracket it's been so far. We have our own little uh, KTSW sports group for the ESPN tournament challenge. And I just want to give a shout out real quick. I'm currently leading it first place. Uh, let's hope that stays in. Um, but I mean, it's been very entertaining so far. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, how UT goes. Uh, you know, I you know I, I got to be pulling for UT. I know, I know. <laughs> I I'm I'm curious to see how they'll fare against Xavier. And then the the downside is is that. If we go all the way to the the um, the final four Midwest uh -huh. final, he'll most likely be against Houston. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Houston's easily the national champion favorite for this season. So uh, tough road to the national championship for UT, but you never know. You never know. You and never know. I agree. And no, I mean, no disrespect to Texas because I know Texas has always been 
that type of team in the tournament, at least, that will maybe get past maybe one round or two rounds, and then they drop off the face of the earth in either the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight if they even get that far. But, I mean, I don't know. Texas, I mean, they got a tough matchup because they're going to be playing Xavier, which is going to be our actually little segue here. We're going to go ahead and kind of pick the rest of we're going to go ahead and start off with uh, the sweet 16 predictions and we're going to start off with tonight's game so games tonight so first game is going to be at 5 30 p.m it's kansas state versus versus mm. michigan state who gets that win Ooh, that is a good one uh i'm mm, i'm thinking kansas state uh, i gotta go for the wildcats there they defeated the previous wildcats in kentucky last round um i i gotta go with kansas in that one uh or kansas state excuse me okay so damn this is tough for me because i think because if you look at michigan state they've always been so consistent they have with their ball play and honestly they've been doing that really since they've been in the tournament a lot of these years so if for experience i'm gonna go michigan state to win it but honestly i wouldn't it would not surprise me if kansas state does pull this off the other game that's going to be coming on tonight it's at 6 15 it is arkansas the team who beat can who beat number mm -hmm. one team kansas against yukon so Ooh. i'm not gonna lie to you i think i think i'm gonna go with arkansas for really this i i gotta go yukon in this situation um uh, I, I can go on a whole nother spiel, but I don't think Kansas deserved the one seed. So <laughs> I don't think it was as big as of an upset as people uh, thought it to be. Um, but I think Connecticut, I'm going to go with Joey on this one. Connecticut's possible na uh, national championship favorites, uh, just right behind um, Houston and Bama, I think. They're they're right there at that third spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, like I said, the unpredictability of March Madness, that's the that's beauty true. of it. That's the beauty of it. That's you know true. what I'm saying? But the next game is going to be at 8 o'clock tonight. It's gonna it's Florida Atlantic University, who just played an unbelievable mm. game against Fair Dickinson, the team that upset Purdue, number one Purdue, that busted pretty much everybody's bracket around <laughs> the country for the most part. And they will be taking on the Tennessee Volunteers. And I'm not going to lie to you, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I gotta go Tennessee too because I don't like what Florida Atlantic did <laughs> to Farley Dickinson last game. That that was that was so uncalled for. You don't go for a highlight dunk when you're up nine points. No, not at all. You don't do that. It's just the sign of sportsmanship, and they just and he missed it. So yeah, that's, no. that's what you get for doing that. And what's so. what's cool about that is I think what I think and what's crazy is after that game or after that happened, the co you know as the coaches were meeting, you know, to shake hands and stuff. The head coach for for F for FAU said was like, "Hey, well, we don't we don't play like that. You know, we we are class you know class players. I will address that situation myself." That's what it seemed to look like when they were shaking hands, because right. honestly, their conversation was quite a while because they had to wait a little bit for it, you know for them to finish so that everybody else could shake hands and all that stuff. So I think they realized that, or he realizes that, and I'm pretty sure he probably you know told his player like yo we can't be doing that not even yeah. at the end of the game i don't care if we have an eight point lead i don't care if we have a 10 point lead 15 point lead i don't care you don't do that at all that's you know that's called sportsmanship you spoke you show respect to the other to your opponent and yeah. honestly you know it's it's one of those things where you're in the moment and you don't realize it but at the same time you're like i gotta get a highlight reel in my college career so i was <laughs> like oh boy but yes i'm going tennessee and now the final game for tonight is number three Gonzaga taking on number two UCLA? 
Ooh, that is that is a really good one. That uh, is. Gonzaga is third seed, I believe. Yes, third seed. And UCLA is second. So mm, that is a good one, but I got to go UCLA. I just mm, – that is a tough one, it actually. Because I'm thinking – because my reasoning was UCLA, I feel like, has more experience. But sorry to think about it. I think Gonzaga yeah, has Gonzaga more experience. Does. Yeah, because um, – that is tough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say UCLA just to say it. I, it is tough because if you look at Gonzaga's track record, I think them getting beat by Baylor during the you know the little bit of the COVID era and stuff when everybody yeah. wasn't in in the arena, I think that really really woke them up like from the ashes because. I watched that national championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga, and let me tell you, that was a one-sided affair. Baylor had everything going for them. They were making every shot. Every rebound was theirs. Every steal was theirs. Every assist. I mean, my God. And I feel bad because, you know, Gonzaga's Drew Timmy, I believe this is – I want to say this this is his final year at Gonzaga, so – and he's actually <laughs> mustache guy. He has the mustache man. Yeah, he's actually returning one more year. He's returning one more year. He, oh, because of COVID year, right? Yep. Right. He's been, it seems like he's been there eight years. Eight years, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, um, but I mean, I don't know. This is this is one of those games. Well, if you also remember, the last time these two played in the tournament, Gonzaga won by a buzzer beater in overtime to send them to the national title game. That was the last time these two had played. Right. So I guess you could say maybe UCLA has forgotten, has never forgotten about that. But as Low far momentum. as exactly, so but just looking, but just going off of the scores, Gonzaga barely beat TCU, and I mean barely by three points. Because honestly, TCU should have had that game in the bag easily. Yeah. But UCLA, I think to me, has better momentum because they beat UNC Asheville dominantly, and then they beat Northwestern by five. So to me, I'm gonna go with UCLA just because of their scoring, but also because of the shot that almost that could have sent them to the national title game. Right. So that is tonight's game. So now we're gonna dig into Friday's games since we are not since we are not gonna be on air for the rest of the week, and we're gonna start off with the 5:30 matchup. It's Alabama versus San Diego State. I mean, mm. to me, I have. I mean, not gonna lie to you, the Aztecs for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, that—that's who you're picking. No, okay. no, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> no, I gotta go with Bama on this one. Yeah, I, I'm going with Alabama as well. I mean, what more can you say about this team? They've been absolutely amazing this season. I know we've been talking about how Alabama has been known for mostly football predominantly, but mm-hmm. I mean, this year is has been a year of change for this Alabama basketball team and honestly I honestly see them probably continuing their dominance. The next game, I think everybody in America who probably picked this team is going to be watching this. It is number 1 Houston taking on number 5 Miami Hurricanes. Who is this one? Ooh. Um I got to go Houston. Houston is my favorite right now to my win fa- it all my favorite too <laughs> uh so i gotta go houston and the only time i'm not going to pull for them is when they play against ut i gotta go <laughs> against ut or i gotta go for ut but uh right now houston's my favorite so i gotta go with them well speaking of ut that's gonna be <laughs> the game at 8 45 on cbs it is number three xavier versus ut i'm gonna go 
with UT as well. Because I think so, dang. So that'd be crazy. U of H versus UT. That would be the ultimate Texas school. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because originally, originally I had Houston and Baylor in the national title game. Really? I did. I really did because, you know, you know, Baylor, obviously one of those teams that can't make it to, mm-hmm. you know, the to uh, the national title game. They've done it before and they've won it. Houston has always been in the top in the top range of college basketball, make it to the tournament, get to maybe at least the elite eight, but then they drop out. So I mean, I think to me, I think this is their time. I think this is Houston's time, but I to me, I think Texas has a little bit more advantage over them. But I mean, this is this is gonna be a really, really crazy matchup. And then the final game for Friday's event or Friday is Crate number six Creighton versus number fifteen Princeton, and this is the Princeton, Ooh. and this is a Princeton team who shocked a lot of people this past March Madness. That's they mm-hmm. upset number two Arizona fifty nine fifty five, and then pulling a big up another big upset against number seven Missouri seventy eight seventy eight sixty three. So, I mean, who wins this? Well, who whoever wins this, who would they play against? The winner of will play the winner out of Alabama and San Diego State. Okay, I think Princeton wins this round against Creighton, and then I think they go and lose against Bama because all the Cinderella stories they typically, typically you occasionally have a Loyola yeah. type team typically fade I love, out. I love how we always think of Loyola Chicago, yes. man. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, they typically fade out Sweet 16 Elite Eight, uh, mainly yeah. Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. And so I think Princeton still has that momentum to go mm-hmm. and face up against Bama. I don't think they have enough to win against Bama. So I think Princeton wins this one against Creighton. I know that's a hot take, but I mean, look what <laughs> hey, they've done so far. Like, like I said before, March Madness unpredictability, it's man. True. It's it's the It's the craziest thing. So, but I'm going to agree with you, but I am going to take Creighton just because of experience yeah. in the tournament. And, th- I mean, them beating mm-hmm. Baylor, because like I said, I have Baylor going all the way to the national title game against Houston. Them beating Baylor really kind of just solidified where they belong in this tournament. So, I'm going to go with Creighton, but I think I agree with you. I think if Creighton does win and if Alabama does win, I think Alabama would would beat them probably single-handedly. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but I will say, I think the best matchup out of the Sweet 16 has to be that UCLA-Gonzaga yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. That has to be the best one. Yeah, uh, 100%. Now that I'm I'm looking at these matchups, some of them, I think maybe most of them probably would be, maybe, I would say, not a lopsided victory, but maybe like like eight or nine points at least possibly. Yeah. But I think, like, I think, like you say, Gonzaga and UCLA will probably be probably the best matchup out of all of them and that is well that one is tonight so this ought to be really interesting Get your popcorn ready yeah absolutely but that is going to do it for us for march madness talk now we're going to take a transition into the nba as we're in the final stretch of the nba season playoffs will begin in april officially that was announced on tnt i don't know the exact date but i know uh when they show the promo that is when they're going to be getting Let's go ahead and start off with the Eastern Conference for a minute, because honestly, to me, the Eastern Conference, to me, I think is pretty much solidified for the most part, because yeah. it's Milwaukee, number one, Boston, two, Philadelphia, 76ers at three, Cavaliers, four, uh, the New York Knicks at number five. Just wow. think, last just think, last year, I, did they even make it to the playoffs last year? They made it to the play-in, the play-in lost right? to the Hawks, I believe, in oh, the no. play-in. Was it in the play- no? It was it was in the playoffs. It was yeah, yeah it, it was, was it was in the, play- yeah, it was in the playoffs. Right. So 
Yeah, so yes, yeah, so they are sitting at number five. And the thing, they were in a play-in spot last year trying to get, even get in. Mm-hmm. So number five is the next, or is the next. Number six is Brooklyn Nets. Miami is sitting at, and then now these are all the playing teams. Miami Heat seventh, Atlanta Hawks eighth, Toronto Raptors nine, and Chicago Bulls ten. So for the most part, it's pretty much looking like pretty much the same from last year. The only difference is that Toronto is even in yeah. this because they weren't even in the playoffs last uh, last year. So yeah, let me just show you real quick. I I looked it up. Uh, last year's Eastern Conference stains, the final one. Heat were uh, first, Celtics were second, Bucks were third, 76ers were fourth. Guess who's in the top four right now? All those teams except <laughs> the Heat, uh, the Cavaliers are there in the fourth. Yeah. And so that's just the top four. The top eight's pretty much the same as well, with the exception of the Hawks not being in it and the Bulls not being in it. Yeah. And the Raptors, mm-hmm. excuse me. Those are those are really the only ones as far as the top eight goes. But other than that, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, for, for real, honestly. And to me, I mean, to think, you know, I know – I know everybody loves the Western Conference because honestly, I, I the Wild West. Yeah, it's the Wild West, and we're gonna get into that in a minute. But I mean, people overshadow the East sometimes because the Eastern Conference can really have some sleeper teams oh, at, time, at times. And I know a lot of stuff has happened this past season, obviously with you know Kevin Durant being traded to Phoenix, you know Luca. I mean Luca finally having help with Kyrie Irving leaving Brooklyn as well. So I mean, I guess you could say. Brooklyn maybe has advantage, but at the same time, I don't think they do now just because of them two leaving. But in all honesty, Brooklyn really never really had a true roster because officially they had you know Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, which honestly everybody in the world thought that that those three right there was going to possibly make a championship run, and honestly, it didn't really no. work out to its potential. They played what twelve games yeah, together, twelve games at <laughs> least. Yeah, so I mean, but that's that's NBA for you, you know anything. That's true. Anything could happen. But honestly, looking at the Eastern Conference, I think to, for the most part, I I seriously think as far as going into the playoffs is going, I think it will remain the same. I really don't see any changes possibly unless Chicago, you know, all of a sudden just drops off the face of the earth and all of a sudden Indiana starts winning and stuff and they'll make it to the play-in. But, I mean, other than that, I really don't really see any changes being made for the most part. No. It's yeah, you're right. It's, I think it's pretty much solidified. I think as far as seeding, it's going to change among those top ten teams. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the only deal. But as far as the teams outside the top ten, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, it in. I don't. I don't think so either. But like I said, you never know. You know, Chicago could you know possibly have two losses, and then all of a sudden Indiana has the three wins, and boom, they're right back up into the into the play. And so we'll see what happens in the. Excuse me, in the East. But now we're going to take a transition into, like you said, the Wild West. And it is wild. <laughs> yeah, it is ridiculously wild. So we're going to go ahead and do the top six teams currently. So Denver Nuggets sitting number one. They've been number one pretty much all year. And then right behind them is the Memphis Grizzlies, who have both clinched not only division, but also clinched a playoff berth as well. And then sitting number three is the Sacramento Kings. Oh, I couldn't be any more happier to call the, to call that because I said the minute Mike Brown was going to the Sacramento Kings, I'm like, this team is going to make it to the playoffs and they are actually going to have a really great season. And they are. And I'm still sticking by that still. And then number four, the Phoenix Suns. Number five is the L.A. Clippers. 
And number six is the Golden State Warriors, who were actually in the play in literally just days yeah. ago. And then, bam, they just don't sneak right back up, in it. Right up to six. And then the play in teams is number seven, Minnesota Timberwolves. And the number eight, Oklahoma City Thunder. Number nine, your Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and the number 10. I don't want to talk about uh, <laughs> Number 10, the Los Angeles Lakers. <sighs> oh, boy. Um, where do I even begin with this? Well, first <laughs> off, Pelicans or Jazz, can y'all please get it together? I do not <laughs> want the Lakers to be in it. Please. <laughs> that's, that's the main thing that I want to say. No, go ahead. I mean, hey, if you want to continue your spiel, well, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. The other thing that I'm wondering is because I don't, I don't keep up with the Jazz that much. But what happened? I, I remember you it know, seemed like two months ago they were in the top four in the conference. Yeah, and now they're two spots below. They're in twelfth place. Yeah, or eleventh place. I don't know. You know, it's. I don't know. You know, it's. I think they just have maybe that stretch where you know maybe people, you know, players are probably getting hurt and stuff, and they have you know obviously had to sit out or. Uh, you know, maybe they, you know, some teams found a way to actually beat them. Yeah. You know, it's one. I don't know. You know, it's one of those. It's one of those things that you just gotta really look out for. But you know, I to me the West, it's gonna be crazy because other than Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento, and Sacramento, them three are pretty much set for the most part. Mm-hmm. Everybody else from four to ten is literally either a half game apart or one game apart. Yeah. It- it is. It's ridiculous. Wild. <laughs> it's ridiculously tight, and it's. Mo- I'm mostly speaking mostly for the plan because Golden State is sitting at six. Timberwolves are sitting currently at seven, and they're only one game behind each other. Or Timberwolves only one game behind Golden State currently. So I mean, Timberwolves could make a crate just this yeah. crazy run if you know if Golden State you know starts to you know starts to lose. But I know you know injuries have to take account because I know. You know, Golden State, you know, had Steph Curry miss a couple games. I know Jordan Poole also got hurt as well. Draymond Green as well. Klay Thompson. So this has been a really banged up Golden State team. But, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the main thing that kind of going off of what you said, the play-in right now for both conferences, you've got the East, which uh, seventh-ranked Miami Heat are currently 40-34, and and then the 10th-ranked Chicago Bulls right now are about five spots below or five games behind them, and that's from 7th to 10th. Doing the exact same deal on the West, you have the Timberwolves sitting at 37 and 37, and you got the Lakers 36 and 37. They're only half a game behind, and that's four spots <laughs> that they're separated between. That just tells you the difference between the yeah, conferences. Absolutely. But I mean, we're um, let's keep talking about the playing game because I know you're pretty upset about the fact that Dallas is in the playing yeah. tournament sitting at ninth. Well, uh, I will say I was I was upset last night on how that game <laughs> went. Um, you know, I'm not going to be one of those who's like, oh, the officiating was the reason why we lost or whatnot. Like, there, there are multiple scenarios where officiating, yes, they do affect a game, but there's multiple chances where you can bounce back from what officiating says. Uh, I will say what happened last night was very controversial, but mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to say on it. As far as the Mavericks, they need to kick it into high gear. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say they have kind of an easy three-game stretch from here on out, knock on wood. Um, they have the Maverick, or the they're hosting the Hornets and then going to Charlotte. Uh, that should be two wins right there. You would think. You would think. <laughs> Depends on who shows up that game. Is it going to be Luka Magic or Luka... <laughs> 
but anyway, uh, and then uh, the third one's going to be against the Pacers, uh, which that one, like I said, uh, should be relatively easy. We should win that. The last one's the one that I'm worried about against the second ra- or third ranked 76ers. Uh, that one I don't think we're going to get. So as far as this last little four-game stretch for them, I, I think we'll go three and ones, best-case scenario, which right now that would definitely secure our spot in the play-in, which would be oh, huge, but potentially move us, potentially move us to maybe that sixth seed, depending mm-hmm. on how the other teams fare yeah. that are above us. But just got to win three games, you pretty much clinch play-in. So. Oh, 100%. And I know – I know we tend to talk about the Lakers a lot on this <laughs> podcast, but I agree with you, Paxton. If just somehow the Jazz or or, or Pelicans, oh man, please, if you can just get the Lakers out, please for the love um, of God, honestly, for real. <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love LeBron James and I like Anthony Davis, but for the love of God, please, I don't I don't want to see another Laker Laker playoff run, please. I don't for the either. Love of God. <laughs> I don't either. Let me. I gotta look at their their uh, little final game stretch to see how they'll fare. Let me look real quick. They've got the Thunder. That'll be a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle in between who's gonna make the play in. They got the Bulls then, which I think they'll win that one. Uh, Bulls again. So I say they probably split that just probably. because yeah. I th- I say they split it and then they got the Timberwolves. So they've got kind of a tough little stretch yeah uh it's really against teams that are around the same caliber as them they're not severely greater or yeah. they're not severely uh not as good they're right at that level with the lakers so mm-hmm. i mean best case scenario i think they go the, it's final four games i think they go three and one mm-hmm. best case scenario but i don't know I don't it'll know. be interesting to see it's kind of like the mavericks situation right now yeah i mean like i said Western Conference Finals is ridiculously wide open, especially for, you know, for uh, the NBA. And, you know, we just we we always talk about how the NBA can be so crazy and so unpredictable, especially coming around, you know, coming to crunch time, coming to, you know, NBA, uh, NBA time. So it's going to be it's going to be really crazy. But before we get out of here, we actually have some breaking news. We actually have some breaking news coming out of San Marcos High School basketball. That. So we're going to go ahead and do this. Con- we're going to say a big congratulations to Malik Presley being named the TABC 6A All-State team who has played all 42 games this season, averaging uh, oh, excuse me, averaging 20 point, 20.1 points a game, averaging nine rebounds per game and averaging three assists per game, also has scored 841 points in his career at San Marcos High School. Mm. So, I mean, that's 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 amazing. That's MVP caliber. It is. <laughs> I mean, it really is. But I know, you know, we talked about, you know, San Marcos and, you know, this basketball team and obviously Malik Presley being – you know, one of the best players. And were you able to see that TikTok video of him <laughs> crossing, oh, crossing over up his, his mom? His mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was... Uh, I, I saw a deal that said he had to walk home that day. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I thought that was that was pretty cool and stuff. But, I mean, uh, because I'm pretty sure that was... I believe that was, like, maybe seniors versus, like, their parents or the basketball team versus their yeah. parents or something. It probably was one of those type of games. So. I think it was a uh, faculty because his oh, okay, mom's okay. actually the principal for uh, St. Marcus. Oh, High okay, 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 gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh, well, then that that makes perfect sense. Then, yeah. <laughs> so you cross over the principal and your mom. Wow, <laughs> not a good combo. 
Not a good, <laughs> Not a good combination at all, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that is going to do And it. he drilled the shot, too. Yeah. And he, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot he did. I didn't even see. I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to see that last little bit of that of that video because all, all i saw was coster and all i saw was just the crowd just you know just losing their mind yeah and stuff i didn't know he made the shot that 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 makes it even more worse than <laughs> the mentality but that will do it for us for our week back from spring break this has been another great edition of claws to the wall be sure to tune in to all texas state softball games on ktsw 89.9 this coming weekend and be sure to tune into all nba games and march madness games as well for Paxton Graff, my wonderful co-host, I'm Kobe Jackson. Wishing you all a very, very great week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the best activities. Y'all be safe. Have a good one, y'all.